Good evening and praise God from whom all blessings flow. Welcome to today's episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. To all of our listeners in the United States of America, welcome back. And to all of our listeners in every other country around the globe, uh, honored to have you once again. Welcome every one of you to Marriage and Family Clinic in Southern Virginia. You can still find us on WGPL 1350 and WPCE 1400 on your AM dial as well as WBXB 100.1 on your FM dial. And you can also listen to the live stream at www.christianbroadcastingcompany.com. That's www.christianbroadcastingcompany.com every single Tuesday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Click on that WGPL label there and you can listen live. If you would like to hear this or any other broadcast, any other segment in the Marriage and Family Clinic series, you can find the podcast simply by searching Bishop C.D. Hodges. Just search Bishop C.D. Hodges on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Spotify, and you can find Marriage and Family Clinic there. Marriage and Family Clinic is here to help you break down and gain enlightenment into your relationship dynamics. We hope to help you identify what makes you tick, what's motivating you, what's pushing you, and ultimately help you repair, grow, and perfect your marriage and family relationships. All right. Well, last Thursday, last Thursday, January the 6th, was the one-year anniversary of the attempted coup at the United States Capitol in Washington, D.C. I know that sounds strange to hear in the United States. You're used to hearing that in other less developed countries of the world, but it did happen. And no matter how anyone tries to deny it or label it something that it was not, it was an attempted coup. The actions of that day are something that I thought would only happen in the movies. I never fathomed that I would see such depraved behavior in my lifetime in my country. Well, we came through it, but don't be fooled into thinking that that was the last of it. I recently listened to the, a lead FBI agent in D.C. on the news, and uh, he was describing how uh, you're off your rocker if you actually think that's all of it. And for me, I think it revealed just how fragile our beloved democracy is. And don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I believe that democracy is worth fighting for, that democracy is worth putting it all on the line for, but no one group's own the democracy. No one group certainly does not have more of a right to our democracy than any other group, and we can't afford to have a select few defining patriotism and what it means to be an American. We can't afford to have a select few making that definition on behalf of nearly 350 million of us. And I've said this before, I'll say it again. I don't have time for all this today, but I've said it before and I'll say it again. Out of every nation in the world, the United States of America still tops them all. And if you fight the good old U.S. of A., you have to fight me. However, that does not mean that we don't have issues, serious issues, and I don't have time to describe them. It does not mean that we don't have serious issues that we have to work on. And every one of us must do our part to work on those issues. And that's all I'm going to say on that right now. Uh, we've got to move on here. I'm doing, I'm doing a series on repairing uh, damaged family relationships here. And I want to try and close this series out today. And so I may cram a couple of pieces together here. So bear with me. But I really want to close this out today. And, and uh, because this is week number five. And we've been here long enough. 
Uh, last week I ended with step number three, which is you have to have the capacity to forgive. You have to have the capacity to forgive. And there's another reality to forgiveness that I didn't have time to share with you last week. I want to cover that very briefly today. And hopefully, I really hope and pray that this would help motivate somebody, really nudge somebody off the cliff you're hanging on to and, and move you into at least giving serious consideration to forgiveness. Uh, and that's this right here. Too often, we miss this all-important aspect of forgiveness. And that is, more often than not, we need to be forgiven as much, as much, and probably more than we need to forgive. While we're sitting here withholding forgiveness, we stand in more need of forgiveness than we're withholding from someone else. So before you conclude that you haven't wronged anyone or hurt anyone, I want you to pause and remember that every single one of us have sinned and come short of God's glory. And that's not me trying to be deep and spiritual. That's just the truth of the matter. The reality of that truth is your sin against God is far, far worse than any sin anyone ever sinned against you. I don't care how bad it was, our sin against God is far, far greater worse than any sin anyone has ever sinned against us. And the moral of this truth is we should not expect God to forgive us if we're not willing to forgive others. We shouldn't expect God to forgive us if we're not willing to forgive others. And that's not only a moral truth, that's the gospel truth as recorded in Scripture. That's just the gospel truth as recorded in the Scriptures. You may not think you've done much wrong by human standards, but if you could see yourself standing next to Jesus, you'd be singing a different tune, guaranteed. If you could see yourself standing next to Jesus. Here you are. Just imagine you're standing next to Jesus and the both of you are standing before God. Who's going to be deemed righteous? You're going to need all the forgiveness you can get one day. You already need it. I already need it. Every single one of us already need it. So we shouldn't be withholding forgiveness from others. Jesus taught that no one should even expect their prayers to be answered if they don't forgive. And more than that, as he endured the unimaginably, indescribably horrible, agonizing torture of the cross, Jesus' plea to God was not get me down from here. Jesus' plea to God was forgive them. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Yes, we need to be forgiven more than we need to forgive. And you can't hardly separate forgiveness and healing. So much of our healing hinges on our, our, our ability to forgive. Forgiveness and healing cannot be separated. Staying there in unforgiveness can lead to literal physical sickness. But forgiveness opens the door to healing. If you don't believe me, try it and see. <laughs> Just try it and see. All right? Now, this is week number five in the multi-week series on repairing damaged family relationships. Uh, and, and you know what? I'm thrilled to receive some feedback on, on the previous couple of weeks. 
uh, I'm really, I'm thrilled to receive some feedback. I'm, I'm not at all surprised that anyone who listened uh, to the previous segments on repairing family relationships would be benefited. Not at all surprised at it. Yet I'm thrilled to hear the feedback anyhow. And if you would like to send me some feedback, just look me up on Facebook, Bishop Carl Hodges or Bishop Carl or Bishop Hodges, one of those, or email me at cdhodges at hotmail.com. Send me some feedback. Send me some feedback. Let me know if you're getting anything here, if we're doing you any good. And if you're just joining in this series, I encourage you to listen to the previous weeks. Just listen to the previous weeks. Uh, I'm confident that you will be blessed. It will bless you. It will encourage you, lift you, instruct you. It will just be good for you. This mini series is about the steps you can take if you want to repair a damaged family relationship. There are just some steps that you can take. Excuse me. Whether that relationship is you and a sibling or you and a mom or you and a dad or whatever the case may be. If you have damaged, broken, breached, severed, uh, troubled, hostile, conflicting family relationships, there are some steps that you can take to mend those relationships. And that's what we're talking about. So let's get to step number four. We covered steps number uh, one, two, and three over the last few weeks. Uh, today, we're going into step number four. And step number four to repairing damaged family relationships is this right here. Consider how a third party may benefit your efforts and your desires. Step number four, give serious consideration to engaging a third party. Give serious consideration to bringing a third party in. And I'm going to call this third party a sort of a mediator. Initially, I'm going to tell, I'm going to call it a sort of a mediator. And, and I'll tell you why I say initially in a few minutes now. But uh, to begin with, I'm going to call this third party a sort of a mediator. And because I'm not talking about a professional or formal mediator or someone to serve in a traditional mediator role. Uh, that's what I mean when I say a sort of a mediator. Uh, don't get your mind stuck on a professional or formal or traditional mediator. The person I'm talking about here can act as a go-between. He, he or she can definitely act as a go-between, but his or her function is not necessarily to act as a go-between between you and the family member that you have the broken or damaged relationship with. His function or her function is not necessarily to act as a go-between between the two of you. This sort of a mediator, this sort of a mediator, his or her function is to act as a go-between between you and yourself. Between you and yourself. The words, the words that come out of your mouth. The words that you speak. Those words reflect what's really going on in your heart. But it's not always wise to divulge what's in our hearts in an unfiltered manner. Oh my goodness. You would never get along with anybody if you just spit out what's in your heart in an unfiltered manner. I'm not talking about watering anything down. I said in an unfiltered manner. So not only that, but we sometimes have ulterior motives in our words and our deeds 
In our communications, we sometimes fail to consider matters and consider perspectives that we should be sensitive to. We can come off as holier than thou. We can come off as judgmental. We can come off as looking down on others. We can come off as the adult talking to a child because of where we are in life. Some people think that they're, they may, even though they're similar in age, that they can talk down to other people because of one factor or another, social or economic status, whatever the case may be. But we cannot afford to just divulge whatever is in our heart in an unfiltered manner. And we need help. You can benefit from someone helping you to sort this out. To make sure that you're covering the basis that you need to be covering when you're dealing with these issues. And that's the role of this sort of a mediator person. This sort of a mediator person can be there to help you detect and expose those shortcomings I just described. Expose and detect and deal with those flaws in your thinking, those flaws in your feeling and in your communication. That sort of a mediator person, <clears throat> that sort of a mediator person can even help you uncover subtleties in your body language that send the message to other people that their concerns are not as important as your concerns. Yeah, we send messages even in our body language. When you roll those eyes, when you breathe, when you turn your face away, when you start watching your watch, you're supposed to be having a heart-to-heart -heart talk, but you're looking back and forth at your watch. That sends the message, you are not important. And if you really want to get through to someone, if you really want to increase your chances of success in recovering the broken relationship to mending the damaged relationship, you need to take advantage of all of these points of information. And you need to seriously consider bringing in a sort of a mediator. The sort of, this sort of a mediator, he or she, they're there to help you get in touch with yourself. They are there to help you get in touch with yourself. And some of us think that we're so on top of it. Some of us are so sure of ourselves. Some of us, uh, our self-esteem is so high that, that it's difficult to tell us anything. And nobody likes criticism. Oh, in most people's book, there is no such thing as constructive criticism. Unless it's us giving it to someone else. But we only, when we're on the receiving end, we only know one type of criticism. And that is you're criticizing me. You're saying, I'm not good enough. And none of us like to hear that. But you need to open yourself to the potential benefit, uh, or, or, or benefit of having this sort of a mediator to walk with you through this thing. Why? Because we all have blind spots. We all have blind spots. And this is not a new concept either. This is not a new concept either. I've talked about blind spots before on past occasions in past segments. We've talked about blind spots. Blind spots are those areas and those elements of our personalities and our behaviors that can be off-putting to others 
but we don't realize it. We don't know it. We don't realize it. We don't see it or we choose to ignore it. But we don't know how off-putting some elements and areas of our personalities and our behavior can be. Some people are very short and abrupt when they speak with others. Some people have a habit of cutting other people off in the middle of a sentence. They cut other people off in conversation. Some people have a habit of hogging and monopolizing the conversation. Some people just have a habit of being nasty and they just, they're just mean. To them, to the person who's behaving this way, it's natural behavior to them. So they think nothing of it. But to the person that they're speaking to, who's on the receiving end of it, it's disrespectful, it's agitating, it's irritating. And it's just mean. That's all it is to it. It's just mean. And so we all have these blind spots. We, we are seemingly, we are as near incapable of accepting and recognizing our character flaws as incapable can be. We just do not readily accept our character flaws. We do not readily accept that we are less than on top of everything that we deal with. But it comes across to others as conceited. It comes across to others as self-centered. It comes across to others as you don't think my concerns are as important as your concerns. And every one of us, we could use some help in dealing with those areas. These blind spots, these blind spots, they interfere with communication. And you're living in la-la land if you don't think that there are areas and elements of your personality and behavior that are off-putting. Or just ask somebody, just ask somebody. Don't ask if you don't want to answer though. Get prepared and ask somebody. And they'll let you know, anybody that's going to be honest with you, they'll let you know, yeah, yep, my friend, my brother, my sister, there are elements and there are areas of your behavior, your personality that are off-putting, that get on my nerves. But I tolerate them and I, I, I learn to process them because I love you and I love our relationship. This sort of mediator person, this sort of a mediator person can help you uncover and hopefully help you make sense out of your efforts. Listen, when you're trying to work on repairing hurt and damaged family relationships, you're dealing with matters of the heart. And when a heart is hurt, it's a mountain worth of work to get it repaired. I believe Proverbs says words to the effect of something similar to uh, a brother hurt is harder to recover than a city torn down. Man, once a heart is damaged, once a heart is pierced, once a heart is hurt, if it's going to be recovered, it's going to take a lot of work and a significant amount of time. And so I'm giving you all of these steps. And today I'm talking about the benefit, the potential benefit, the very likelihood that you will benefit by having this mediator work with you. Because when you're dealing with matters of the heart, words, language, feelings, posture, 
all of that matters. Your words certainly matter. Where you're coming from matters. The language you use matters. Everybody's feelings that are involved matter. The posture you take matters. What do you mean the posture matters? Well, if you're going to sit up with your arms folded and your lips stuck out, that matters. That says the, the issue is not important. But I want you to get this. You can benefit greatly from having somebody to bounce your perspective and your thoughts off of. My goodness, it's valuable just to have somebody to help you make sure your feelings are in the right place. Somebody to help you make sure your feelings are in the right place and the emotions that you are experiencing are fair and appropriate. What do you mean fair and appropriate emotions? I mean, should you really be angry at the thing that you're angry over? For example, should you really be angry at your younger sibling? Because they were born and you got less attention? Now, that may sound silly. It may even sound oversimplified. Oh, but you would be surprised. You would be surprised. You need to work on all of these possibilities before you engage your family member with whom you want to repair the relationship. Now, remember a few minutes ago, I said that I'm initially going to call the mediator a sort of a mediator. He or she was sort of a mediator as long as they didn't transition or, or morph into the traditional role of a mediator. And that's not out of the question. And I want to suggest to you that it may it's very possible that a traditional mediator may help the healing and restoration process. Someone in the role of the traditional mediator. In layman's terms, a mediator is a person who may serve as a buffer between you and the other person with whom you want to make up. What do you mean a buffer? Well, look at it this way. The best way I can describe it is a car needs oil in the engine to lubricate the metal parts that rub against each other. The oil lubricates. The oil comes between and forms a barrier, protective barrier, to each of the metal parts that rub against each other. Because without that lubrication, those metal parts would wear each other out in a little bit of no time. As long as you keep good oil in your car's engine, those metal parts will work together smoothly for Lord knows how long. And what I'm saying to you is that oil is to a car's engine as a mediator is to individuals in conflict. A mediator can help lubricate the interaction when you're trying to work on a family relationship, you're trying to fix the damaged relationship. A mediator can act as a, a, a human lubricant. A mediator can serve as the oil that eases the friction between multiple moving parts that would otherwise wear each other out. And when you're trying to mend the relationship, Understand this, things can go south really fast because of the way something is said or because of the way someone looks or because of a response. 
and having someone right there with you in the middle of the two of you to be on the lookout for touchy, hairy situations and to help you defuse them and to help you de-escalate them and to put another perspective on it. Someone who can help take the sting out of some of the language you use or make the language more understandable. My goodness, that can be extremely, very, really, really helpful. Don't underestimate it. Do not underestimate it. So I'm suggesting to you that including the work, the services, the help, the aid, the assistance of a mediator, someone to work between the two of you, it has the potential to be extremely, extremely helpful. Now, mediator is not a guarantee. It may work for some and it may not work for others. In some of the hairiest situations in history, though, mediators have been a godsend. Mediators have worked wonders. It may not work perfectly, but it will increase your chances of success exponentially as you pursue your goal of fixing your damaged relationship with your family member. And if you need a little help, uh, uh, in, in growing to trust somebody, if you need a little help, a little motivation to help you trust somebody, just ask yourself, how bad do you want it? How bad do you want it? So step number four, I'm sharing with you in this segment. Step number four, consider the potential good that a mediator can work with you. Consider the potential good of a third party. All right. And I've given, you, I've given you four steps to repairing damaged family relationships in your life now. And whether the damage is between you and a sibling or you and a parent or you and whomever, working through these four steps will get you as close to success in the repair as anything else will. And why do I say these four steps will get you as close to repair as anything will? I say that in the realization that every relationship may not be repaired. But always remember, the only person you have control over is yourself. The only person you have control over is yourself. I know there's been some serious hurt. And some of the hurt has been so deep and so horrible that you're not even willing to pursue repairing the relationship. But for those of you who see that you would like to engage in attempts to repair the relationship, these four steps will help you. Working through these four steps will help you make sure that you give it your all from your heart in the pursuit of the repaired relationships. And whatever happens after you give it your all, well, that's just what happens. All right. All right. So we got to head to a close here. Got to land this plane. Uh, let's do this short, short recap to bring everybody up to speed. We're up to step number four in this segment. Step number one in the process is to be honest with yourself. Get you together before you try to get y'all together. Step number two, realize your fix is not in the hands of the other person. The other person is not responsible for your healing and neither do they have the power to make you whole. Step number three, you have to have the capacity to forgive. You have to have the capacity to forgive. You will never heal as long as you are stuck in the notion that the other person owes you. 
as long as that's your motivation, as long as you get your uh, your energy from that notion, you will never see healing. Never, ever. And remember, every one of us, we need to be forgiven as much or even more so than we need to forgive. And we all are going to need some serious forgiveness before it's all over with. And that's step number three. And step number four, we just covered this in this segment. A mediator may bring you some serious benefit. A mediator may bring you some serious benefit. That person can help you deal with you. Not primarily you dealing with the other person, but that person can help you deal with you. It's always good to have a sounding board. It's always good to have somebody available whom you can bounce ideas off of. It's always good to have somebody in your life, somebody close enough to you that you can trust to be a straight shooter with you because you're not shooting straight all the time. You may as well accept it. You're not shooting straight all the time. Those are the four steps to help you heal broken family relationships, damaged and, 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 and hostile family relationships. Those are the four steps. Remember, if you want to hear these again, just go to the podcast. You can find the podcast simply by searching Bishop C.D. Hodges. Search Bishop C.D. Hodges on iTunes, on on uh, Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on iHeartRadio, and Podbean. Search on Podbean. You can find us there. And remember, give me some feedback. Email me at cdhodges at hotmail.com. Inbox me on Facebook, Bishop Carl or Bishop Hodges, one of those. And, and remember this, just because I'm saying these steps can help you repair a broken family relationship, it doesn't mean if you do them, then the relationship is guaranteed to be fixed. Certainly doesn't mean it'll be fixed right away. A hurt heart or a wounded heart doesn't heal and mend according to anyone's clock. You have to take your time. You may have to go through these steps a number of times. But remember, ask yourself, what's it worth to you? How bad do you want? Well, I'm all out of time here. I'm all out of time. You've been listening to Marriage and Family Clinic. Our mission is to help you break down and gain enlightenment into your relationship dynamics. And that's going to help you identify what makes you tick and ultimately help you repair, grow, and perfect your marriage relationship. Listen, got to get out of here. But remember, remember this. You cannot have peace without surrendering your life to the Prince of Peace. God bless you. We're out.